What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Bushwick Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans out there listening to me right now. You can go to patreon.com where you can support us, the show, Bushwick Breakaway. Uh, we have BSBOTs, we have some gambling with Greg, we have some other fun stuff, and get access to our Discord. Join us there. We have all the good, the goody good goods that happen there. Uh, this episode, we talk about Henrik Lundqvist's retirement. We also have our old friend Brian Wotanik back on the show, an old fan favorite, someone who's been away from the show for a long time. Love talking to Brian. He's a great guy, and I'm honestly very happy to have him back and be talking to him again. So, let's get to Mark Messier. And uh, oh, before we go get to that, next week's episode is already pre-recorded. It's already happened. If anything happens, we did not cover it. I'm in the woods. I say that a bunch. I'm just on vacation for the first time. I'm taking an insider's vacation, going to the woods and turning my cell phone off and just disconnecting for a little bit. I think I've earned it. You probably disagree, which I understand, but I appreciate you anyway. In this case, we've already recorded it, so next week's episode, we do some 10 bold predictions. We have Emma uh, Viglin on. It's a whole thing. It's going to be awesome. Hope you guys enjoy listening to it. It's um, a weird, fun episode. All right, now let's get to Mark Messier and then talk about Henrik Lundqvist, because what else would we do? Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Fans. Welcome to the Breakaway. I'm your host, Ryan Mead. I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan, episode 301. Greg, say hello. I've been talking to you for two hours, and I don't want to hear your voice anymore. I don't blame you whatsoever. Let's talk about Henrik Lundqvist instead. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> uh, Henrik Lundqvist surprisingly announced his retirement on Friday. There Was, was it surprising? It was surprising because we... Is it surprising? You're saying it's surprising because of the time and date in which it happened. That is right? correct. And also the manner of which it happened. There wasn't like a Henrik Lundqvist will have a press conference. The, the Swedish media literally said there's a mic on this table and we don't know what it's for. We have no idea who's buying the curtain. Surprise. It's the most beautiful man in the world. Mm. That's it. Yeah. I, I can't say, you know, a 39 year old goalie who's had open heart surgery and sounds like he needs to have more heart procedures in the near future. Right. Retiring from hockey is surprising, but I would, I would say the thing that is surprising is 
he chose to do it in such a muted way. But then again, that's kind of Henrik Lundqvist, right? Like he's he's a big lifestyle, a big personality, but at the same time, he just does what he feels is necessary. Whether it needs a big stage or whether it's at a what looks like a school desk in Sweden somewhere. So I I'm not surprised he retired. I guess I wasn't expecting it to happen at that moment in time at eight o'clock in the morning, New York time. Um, Very random. All of us are just translating Swedish tweets, trying to figure out what the hell is going on here. But didn't even wait for your razor Monday. Pretty rude, Hank. Yeah. I, there's a point. There is a point where it just, it, it felt fitting. It, it felt very Henrik. It felt very net, like on brand for everything that Henrik Lundqvist is. And I, I think I'd much rather, I'd much rather, Henrik Lundqvist decide to wake up one day and announce to the Swedish media that he's retiring than us getting a Larry Brooks tweet at 3.07 p.m. on a Thursday being like Monday next week, 11 a.m., New York Rangers are holding a press conference and it's with Henrik Lundqvist. And we just have half the fan base saying, oh, my God, he's resigning. And half the fan base saying, ah, he's definitely retiring. This is what that means. I'd much rather it just literal rip off the bandaid, be like, guys, I'm done. Here's a Twitter post. God bless you. See you soon. Put my number in the rafters. We'll talk then. Yeah, I think the most important thing to remember about Henrik Lundqvist is that it's going to be very hard to see a player just like him ever again in our lifetimes, especially for the Rangers. And it also puts into perspective, like when you watch other players of that level of greatness, to appreciate what you have while you still can. And I, I, I think Ryan, not to cut you off, but no, you know please, I love doing it. I know you. Love I think. Doing I think. It. I think. Part of the last week in hockey has been really hard. Really and it, it's Hen- Henrik retiring is one of those tough things, but also you're kind of, you get to reflect and enjoy a little bit of it. Roger bear passing away. I honestly didn't realize he was 80. I just, I don't know why I always thought he was just in ter- like perpetually 67. Um, but him passing away and him being such a big part of the Ranger story. And then honestly, Jimmy Hayes passing away today too. It, it's, it's almost like when Henrik Lundqvist retired, I had to sit back I, I had the same thought when David Wright retired, but it he really was the last pillar of a time in your life in which you didn't have responsibilities. And when he's no longer doing it, you take a step back and go, holy shit, I'm grown up. And then someone literally our age, Jimmy Hayes, who has had a successful hockey career, who is such an important part yeah. of the Boston hockey scene. He was born months after I was. We are both children of 1989. And you're like, so you're reminded that with Hen- when Henrik Lundqvist retires, you're reminded that your childhood truly is over, that you need to confront some things going on in your life. And then someone as young as Jimmy Hayes passes away, and you're like, oh, my God, this is not promised to me anymore. And it's just – I, I it, it would, either one of those events would have hit me so hard at the exact time it happened. The fact that they both happened within like 72 hours of each other, it's just – it's such a sledgehammer to your skull of just realizing things about yourself that you weren't prepared to realize on a Monday. It really, it, it's just, it, it is it's incredible tough. that sports can do that to you and sports can do a lot of things to you. It can drag a lot of emotions, good and bad out of you, but it rarely drags self-reflection. And this is kind of one of those situations where it absolutely does. And you have to appreciate the good and the great things you have in your life. Uh, if you're not appre- if, and if you're not appreciating them, you need to start now. That's kind of what this is. These last kind of seventy-two hours have 
have told to me. I mean, when you when you think about Henrik Lundqvist and he was just so there for you as a Ranger fan your entire life. He's maybe the reason, the exact reason you became a Ranger fan. There's a good chance that's the case. And I can't blame you for it. And now that he is officially retired from hockey, there's no chance he's coming back, um, unfortunately. I, and you can, I know he tried. He definitely tried. I think he was on the ice, what, eight weeks after open heart surgery, like a psychopath? Like just... Uh, I don't to, even know if it was that long. I think it might have been shorter. He's insane. He was just trying to get back. He's he's one of the most driven people, one of the greatest, most gentlemanly, handsome, everything you could ever say. I've never heard anyone say a bad word about Hank. All the all the reporters were saying how great he was all the time he took. You can read endless stories about how he took extra moments of his day to make someone else's day. It's it's really important to appreciate and honor that person, and not only as a person, but as an athlete who gave you all these great moments, the 3-1 comeback, comeback in Pittsburgh, all the all the great playoff runs, all the Game 7 performances, the in and outs of every single night of your life. And we talk about this at the end of the podcast with our friend Woj. Uh, we have our friend Woj on. It's a very fun, more lighthearted conversation in a couple minutes here. But uh, I will always remember the days of watching Henrik Lundqvist extremely fondly as a time of uh, before I became an adult, like you said, it, before I, I had these yeah. these responsibilities of uh, of everything, of, of of a future family and everything else. So it's uh, well, it's yeah, a weird, when, it's when a your transition, when your favorite players debut, it's you always go back to where you were the day they debuted, and it it, it takes you to a place that makes you feel certain things. When David Wright made his debut for the New York Mets, I was literally at summer camp. I didn't even get to watch it because this was. 2004 an era in which there weren't cell phones my dad was physically mailing me pages from the new york times sports page to keep me up the up the loop of what was happening in the mets world i like that that was the only way for me to find out if the mets were shitty like i knew they were going to be but it anytime i looked at david wright i could be like man i remember exactly where i was when he made his debut and i was a child and because he's still playing baseball i can still feel a little bit like a child and with henrik lundquist it's something similar um, I, I, I say this story with Woj, so I won't tell this whole whole year. But the first time I saw him was because my sis- oldest sister thought he was hot, was home from college, and had an extra ticket to a Ranger game and wanted some or even needed someone to go with because she didn't want to go to New York City by herself. So I was like 15 at the time in high school, definitely didn't have a driver's license yet. Don't even think I had taken a train into New York City without one of my parents on said train with me before. Because I vividly remember walking out of that train, looking at a sea of people going to my left to go towards Grand Central, and I, like a complete and utter asshole, turned to my sister and go, all right, which way do I go? And she's like, are you kidding me? Go with everybody else, you dumbass. And I was like, <laughs> that's a fair point. I totally get that. But yeah, that, that, the first time I saw Henrik Lundqvist was simply because my sister thought he was attractive, and he was also really good at hockey, and she wanted to go see this really good hockey player. That 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 started the road that we are on now. But anytime I could look at Henrik Lundqvist, I could be like, I was 15. They were playing the Sabres. The Rangers won. And I was a child. And I am still kind of a child. I must still have some child left in me if this person is still doing the thing that I vividly remember doing as a child. And now that he's done, I like, that's it. I don't have anyone else left to bridge that gap. It's over. Wright's retired. Jose Reyes, as troubling as he's become as an adult, is retired. There's like the new wave of guys have come up when I was already uh, trying to pretend to be an adult. 
Lundquist is retired. Girardi is retired. Mark Stahl doesn't exist in Agents. my eyes. I don't know where he is. Yeah, uh, it's right. yeah, it's it's difficult, man. It, it's the guys I would play with on the New York Rangers on NHL 08 when I was sitting in a dorm room in Marist College. They're gone. That's it. That that's the T. That it's done. And it's 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 heart wrenching when you realize that all of a sudden, fuck, I really am an adult with adult problems and adult worries. That it sucks. When did this happen? I didn't sign up for this. I'm actually going to answer or ask one of our own five-star questions right now from our, our good friend Tom Ertz. With Hank's 30 going up in the rafters, is it fair to say the next number that gets retired is likely someone on the roster, unless they dip into history once again? But short of that happening, who do you think is most likely to have a career worthy of having their jersey retired? Mm, I don't I, think anybody I, else not in the Rangers right now is getting retired. No. I, no. I The Rangers have to do something, even for Kreider to get up there. They have to do something. I think um, – Yeah, it's Adam – <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll say a few. Well, that too. Yeah. yeah I'll obvious. say a few people are kidding themselves if they don't think Girardi and Stahl have chances of getting their numbers retired. I think they have I no chance. They have, really? I think I think they are looked on fondly by Glenn Sather. And if Glenn Sather still looks on them fondly, there's a chance that they get their numbers retired. And they were such. I know they, they're they personified and... good warriors uh, during those years. I would say Zook no. maybe, but I don't no. think so. No. I. I, I don't, take this stuff I'd very like seriously. I don't know. Yeah, if Yager was going to get his number up there, I think that though Yager technically isn't retired, but I just don't think he was here long enough to do it. Um, it's Hank. Yeah, it's I, Hank, I, and I think then it's, the next number is Adam Fox. That's it. If if Fox no, has I, like I, the I, career trajectory, I think, we all I believe. think you're. I think you're kidding yourself a little bit if you really don't think Girardi and Stahl don't have a chance. I listen. I understand that a lot of what the numbers that go up there are from bygone eras, but if Vic Hadfield can get his name up there, I think it's anything's possible. All you have to do is be a good soldier. And I, I think Girardi and Stahl were some of the best soldiers the Rangers ever had. And I do, do I think they should be? No, but a lot of numbers up there, Ryan. And I, I think the Rangers want to try to keep putting – numbers up there and I, I don't think they're going to stop at Hank I really don't think that all right let's get to our good friend uh Woj we have a nice rousing conversation with him uh if you don't like bad language turn it off now there you go all right transition hey we're back uh we just actually got done recording last week's episode with Emma Bigland that'll be coming out or next week's I'm sorry next week's episode that'll be coming out next week when I'm in the woods we're back for this week's episode with our good friend Brian Wotanik who has not been on the show two years Brian how are you I'm doing well. Actually, I was crunching some numbers before this. Were it you? actually turns out this is my t- technically my 10th appearance on the show. Is that true? Yeah, true. It's true. I did. I crunched the numbers. Did you just fucking hear me? Um, <laughs> pretty stupid you'd ask that. I just said I crunched numbers. Welcome back, Brian. Um, I missed you, but, buddy. But it's been a long technically, time. Technically, maybe even the 11th because I did the bonus pod. So if we're not counting bonus pod, okay. 10. Okay. Plus, yeah, so, but yeah, cross the numbers. What, what was what was the bonus? Was that the WrestleMania podcast or something? Um, it was, uh, we talked NFL, something NFL. Right, go Bills. Definitely. Go Bills. Definitely go, go Bills. Bills. Josh Allen, big fan. Uh, in this case, we brought you back on to talk a lot of things about the Rangers and your return to, uh, I guess, following this team. We didn't hear a lot from you last year, so what was it like um, being off social media? And uh, obviously, you're not on social media now. There's a troll account that is <laughs> posing as you on on uh, Twitter.com, which I think is kind of mean. But what was it like just following from afar after being so involved in the daily in and outs of being tortured as a Ranger fan? 
it actually was kind of surreal to, to points because I mean, there was a few guys from like the Twitter sphere who would still kind of text me updates, but even then it was few and far between. Like I, there were some nights where like, I legitimately didn't find out information until I turned into the pregame report and I had to hear it from like Valakat or Rosen or any of these, like there was just some days where there's some things happen and I didn't know about it until seven o'clock that night or six 30 that night, whatever it might be. So like actually just completely dissociating myself from that website. It, it there was moments where I'm like, wow, I am so far out of the fucking loop. Like when the when the um D'Angelo and Georgiev stuff happened, I didn't find out until like hours later, like legitimately hours later. And I'm like just, it, 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 go ahead. I'm just I'm sitting here picturing you tuning on your TV on a Wednesday night, <laughs> and you have you have Steve Valak, <laughs> Steve Valak and John Giannone coming on. Giannone's like. Uh, welcome, everybody. We're about to watch this Rangers-Sabers game. Before we do, just to give you a heads up, Artemi Panarin has left the country because Vladimir Putin is ready yes. to kill him. <laughs> that was, and not we'll, we'll just sit there like, what in the fuck? What do you mean? That was another one where I just had, like, again, hours later, where I had no idea that he was not playing in any games because he was he was on the verge of being assassinated. But of course, like, last season was, like, of all seasons to take a break. Maybe the healthiest season to have taken a break. We'll see how this season goes. But, I mean, I feel like all the things that happened, taking off last season was the biggest blessing this guys. But it was pretty, like, again, it was pretty surreal at points, just not even having no clue what was going on. Like, a lot of my news, I wouldn't find out until, like, I caught, like, I don't know if I, this is a sensitive subject, so I don't think I've talked to you guys really since then. Okay. But, like, since I would read, like, Carpinello's uh, athletic mailbag. Who's like, that? I, I mean, I. Who? I, what? I, you're, <laughs> what? Yeah? No, what? Huh? No, Carpinello's, we're still cool, I think. He sent, yeah, we're good. Right, Greg? The, we're, the, we're, I think we're good. We're good. Prevalent. Okay. Yeah. We're cool. We're cool. Yeah. Now, the, now the people that are above Carpinello, let's just say we're not taking out any billboards about them anytime soon. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Can I tell a quick story about the billboard? Please. I was gonna. Te- I was gonna text you guys. So obviously, I, I live in Buffalo. For those who don't know, um, so I was. I was gonna text you guys that this story, but this was already after you had asked me I was coming on this week. So I was like, I'll save it for the pod because I think it'd be funnier. So I was. Every day I saw that fucking billboard, by the way, for the last two, whatever, how many weeks it's been up. Yeah. Every day since it's been up driving to work, I have seen that billboard. And it makes me laugh every single time. So I played in a golf tournament on Thursday and it was, it's my dad's tournament. It's a bunch of guys he used to play hockey with. So it's a bunch of older guys. And I mean, and then their wives. And so it was a bunch of people. And so I have my, my golf bags. I have my uh, Rangers head covers. I'm wearing a Rangers uh, hat. And we get, we finished the first nine. We get to the clubhouse and we're just, you know, we're getting hot dog, getting drinks, whatever. And one of the guys, I don't know this man at all, just comes up and looks at me. He goes, ah, oh, Rangers, huh? I go, yeah, yeah. He goes, do you want Eichel? I go, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd be crazy to say I don't. He goes, what do you think of the billboard? <laughs> and I, So I didn't say anything because I'm like, this is a better story if I don't tell him I know. So I'm like, you know, I thought it was hilarious. I'm like, I think it's pretty funny. I think it's pretty harmless. He goes, I got to tell you. So I'm expecting this guy to go off on a rant and just start shitting on you guys. I'm like, oh, God, here we go, please. And he was like, that was the funniest fucking billboard I've ever seen. He goes, any Sabres fan who hates that thing has the biggest shit in their pants. He goes, I think the picture. He goes, did you see the picture with the hair on the Buffalo? He goes, I don't think people realize those Jack Eichels. And he's going off on this billboard. And, I, and the whole time I'm like, hey, I, like this guy, Ryan called me a day before. was like, hey, can you go out to Buffalo and stand on the highway and take a picture of this billboard? So, but it was just really funny because I'm letting you know. I, I'm letting you know. Many people, it made an impact here. Like, I know you guys got, like, the national coverage, the social media coverage, but the, the people who didn't know that I knew you guys were asking me, was like, did you see this fucking billboard? And I just had, every time, I was just like, I'm just going to pretend like I don't know because it was, it became such a genuinely funny reaction. 
but mission accomplished and well done. And anybody who's complaining, I know you guys got a little bit of this. That For sure. It was in a bad location. By the way, it's going, I know like technically it's coming out of the city, but that fucking billboard is facing directly at the arena. Like it is square in the arena's face. So amazing. But I just had to tell you that story because I had got the golf tournament. I thought he was going to go off, go crazy. And he loved it. So even you even made some Sabres fans happy. I mean, obviously some of those guys on social media, but you know, Mission accomplished. Waste of money, Kavosh. That's it. Waste of money. Well, yeah, now, now that Henrik, you know, is better going up in there, how fucking dumb do you guys feel? I you know. know uh, I mean, which game do you think it's going to be? Let's raise some prices right now. I already bought tickets to these, uh, the Stars game, this, uh, the Blues game, and uh, right. a couple other games. So I'm going to buy here's, – here's my plan, Woj. Let me know what you think. I'm going to buy games uh, – since I'm an insider now. This is what you do in Washington, I'm pretty sure. So – I'm going to buy tickets to a couple games, cheap tickets. That's it. And then I'm going to post when I get back from vacation that these are the rumored games for the Henrik Lundqvist retirement Ooh, game after like I've already bought the tickets. Then the value yeah. goes up and I put them up. I mean, I mean, this is insider training at its best. Yeah, I haven't, I don't, I don't know a lot about a lot, but I'm pretty sure uh, Kelly Loeffler, former governor, uh, not governor, senator from the state of Georgia, did exactly that before something called a pandemic happened. Made a lot of money. Right. Made a lot of people angry. Yeah, and it was legal, I think. So, I mean, this is oh, legal. It sure, it sure wasn't right. Okay. Keep going. That's fine. <laughs> Wait, so, side note. You, you don't think they're going to do it against, like, one of the big Metro rivals? Like, you don't think it's, like, have, see, like, maybe, like, Crosby there or Ovechkin there as well? Because, I mean, they've scored 100 goals. I'm not trying to be funny, but, like, but here's, you don't think, here's you, My thinking is with all this stuff is you have to remember that the New York Rangers aren't trying to sell tickets to games you're already going to, right? True. That's point. with point. with this kind of stuff. I understand the one that makes me raise my eyebrow is the fact that they're home on his birthday. That is mm. interesting to me. Um, and it's and after it, it the, the NFL that it's season, the Blues. right? So, but to me, I think it's very important to remember that whenever the Rangers decide to put this game, it's a guaranteed sellout. And those tickets oh, yeah. are going to be gangbusters. Yeah. So why would they do it against the team that you you'd want to see anyway? They're going to do it against. They're going to do it against the fucking Sabers. Sands. Oh Jack please! <laughs> oh god, please! <laughs> like I, that 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 to me from a how do I sell oh, the most man. tickets during this season standpoint? I think you you do this on a fucking Tuesday night against Buffalo where you'd have five thousand people in the stands that give a shit, and now you're going to have a yoked out 20,000 seat MSG to see this really crappy game because Henrik Lundqvist is getting his number retired. That to me, if I was there and I was making these decisions, that's what I would do, but we'll see. The NHL doesn't really forward think like I do. By the way, there's no way they even have the game picked yet. I've had a lot of people ask me. uh, I I don't think they knew that Henrik was retiring. Maybe they got tipped off on it, of course, because they're the Rangers, but I seem seemingly like Henrik kept this quiet. Uh, there was no rumors of this whatsoever, and yeah. they, they have to get everybody just, together for this for this moment. They have to make sure that well, all not the just that. Make Hank it. Hank gets the pick today because if Hank's not gonna come, you're not gonna do it <laughs> some other night, right? So you you call Hank up and you say, "Hey, buddy, when do you want to do this?" And then when he says that, you try to get everybody else in line. Like maybe Hank and Zuccarello have a really close relationship. Maybe they're waiting for Minnesota to come into town. Yeah, maybe so they can have Matt's in the building. That's not out of the realm of possibility. I think it's more likely, maybe not more likely than not. Hank's got a really close relationship with Dan Girardi. Maybe he wants the Sabres mm-hmm. to be in the building when he's getting his number lifted up. It's it's Hank's call. Hank gets to choose. The Rangers don't get to say, hey, man, we're doing it on April 6th. Get fucking here. 
because he could be like, that doesn't work for me. See you later. <laughs> it's been so, the game is so big that my mom called me and she goes, my coworkers at work are huge Ranger fans. They want to know if you know when Henrik's retirement game is so they can buy tickets now. <laughs> I was like, no, I have no freaking clue. They don't even know. So uh, as soon as we know, I will post it directly on our Patreon only. There you go, everybody. <laughs> a little bit of plugging. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about the offseason a little bit, my friend. Obviously, the Jack Eichel saga has been forever. I, we haunted the people of Buffalo. Uh, we haven't even heard about what you think about firing Gorton and JD. What, what was what was your reaction that day when, you, like, the whole organization got turned upside Hold down? Hold on. Well, do you know they fired yeah, Gorton that's a good question. I'm not sure there was a game <laughs> yeah. between that and that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did Val that was, tell you or no? No, that was one of the days where people, I mean, that when I got flooded with text, that was so out of the blue. I just remember just, I was sitting on the couch and all of a sudden I just got a text. I think it was from, I mean, I know he probably listens, but Dan Delaney, he texted me. It was like JD and Gortz fired. And I thought he was fucking joking. I was like, what are you talking about? So like, I, I like tried to like Google it. And of course, I mean, it's like, I'm like a 98 year old just trying to Google like John Davidson, Jeff Gorton fire. And nothing came up. So I'm like, all right, let me, let me just, let me like ghost Twitter. And sure enough, first thing I see. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it no longer this, I don't know. This may be like a really bad take and people might get mad at this, but like, this is the first time in almost like 16, 17 years where this feels like the, doesn't feel like the organization I fell in love with. And the reason why is we always joked about is the lack of handling by James Dolan directly. And this was the first time where I just felt like everything was turned on its head. And I mean, what, what is it? What do we hear that? Like the, the whole story is still yet to come out about those comments about, you know, what happened that night or what happened with JD and, and Dave and Gorton. But like, yeah, it, it's, it's been a weird off season. I think even just seeing, I mean, it was even the, the was it the lap, the uh, draft night was just seeing uh, uh, Gortz on the panel and seeing John Davidson back with Columbus, just, it's still surreal. I don't think it's hit me yet. Honestly, bro, I'm not even joking. There's most days when I forget Gerard Glock got hired because of how long ago that feels where I just, I'm just expecting to see David Quinn behind the bench in a couple months. And I just, it will just be like, Oh yeah, there's, there he is. But no, I mean, this whole off season has been weird. Um, it feels firings. Yeah, it, it feels, it has been ancient. Like Tampa won the cup seven years ago, no less, no more. That's how long this off season has felt. And I mean, the Eichel stuff has been, we talked about, but it's just been dragged to death at this point. And it, it, I just think it's so ironic how in my favorite part about being a Rangers fan in Buffalo was how little contact I had to deal with with Sabres fans. Cause at most we play them two times a year, three times a year, and that's in passing. And in six months, you guys have turned them into one of the biggest rivals. And I have, can't hang my flags up outside my house anymore. I can't wear my Rangers gear outside because everybody here now hates the Rangers. I'm not, I'm not saying it's you guys. I'm just saying 98% it's you two. Right. But thank you. The other 2% obviously came to the fact that we had to play them so much last year as well. So I think it was the perfect storm of everything. And then, I mean, what you guys had tweets from like last year, two years ago. I think I was even, I like, I, I think I creeped the Instagram where you guys had like a, a Photoshop of him in the Rangers jersey at like yeah. the beginning of the season we last did, yeah. So, like, you guys were planting the seed and kicking the hornet's nest way before it was even planted. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. This all season, it it's, feels like it's forever. Baseball, I mean, Greg, I don't know, you know I'm talking about the Mets, but what? baseball has been, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but to your point about how long this summer has felt, I really don't think it. I the hockey lack of news is not helping it. But to give a personal anecdote of how long this summer has been, before this weekend, I hadn't gone to Rivers Casino to place a sports bet 
since game six of the NBA finals. And in my head, I was like, wow, Greg, it's really been two months since you've been to the casino. That's really good for you. I'm proud of you, man. Good for you. And I looked at the ticket and it was like July 23rd. And I was like, what in the fuck? It's been three <laughs> weeks. Like, I literally thought yes. I hadn't seen the casino for a solid 60-day stretch. And I was telling myself, I was like, man, you've been doing well. You've just been playing the ponies. You've been doing well in Saratoga. That's great, blah, blah, blah. And I picked up the ticket to go cash the ticket because I had bet on the bucks. I was like, oh, I'm just curious what the date, July 23rd? Are you kidding me? It hasn't even been a full month. That's how long this summer has felt. I don't know why it's felt that way, but it's it's just it, never ending. All my thoughts, like I, I, my answer with like the Davidson and Gordon thing was so bad, just simply because I, I don't have thoughts about it anymore because it's been, it's so I've, gone. I've complained about, yes, I've complained about 1,001 other things since then that I legitimately have forgotten about it. Like I've already, like Ted Lasso, goldfish memory, like just completely have moved past it. I, I just don't, there's certain things like I, did you guys know Ryan Reese is a ranger? Like I just, there's, you know what I mean? Like there's certain things where I just, I've lost the right. will or the energy. Did you know Ryan Reese is a ranger for two years? Yeah. Did you know they extended him? Like I need, I'm trying to figure out something oh, ranger related that you might've missed. Like Brett Howden's not here anymore. Do you know that? Yeah, that's great. I like that. Big that was fan. good for me. Yep. That was, that was uh, a big, a big fan move. They signed a guy, a Swedish dude to play defense. Did you know about this? Hear about no. This? Oh, the Nemeth. Yeah, yeah. Nemeth. Yeah. Right? That's it. Oh, I really it's, thought I had you there for a it's been, I almost did. It's been just such a weird offseason because I feel like there's some bit of news, like a tiny morsel every single week, but it's not enough to fill your stomach. It's like, hey, we're still dragging you along, and everybody's on vacation because we're, we're the idiots here. I, I'm, Ryan, I, I'm going fuck you. On You're Thursday. on vacation right now. On Thursday. Well, get the fuck. No, this, fuck comes out, this comes out tomorrow. Um, yeah. Whatever. You. So, uh, but everyone goes on vacation and like there, there's no, there's no actual news coming out. That, and Eichel's the only thing you would talk about. I mean, the Olympics are on now because they're covering that, right? That's going to be fun, I guess, uh, for, for the, for the hockey community. And I guess making the Olympic teams, you can get all those click clicks when you look at the Can- yeah. Canadian team and be like, wow, this is stacked out of its fucking mind. <laughs> like Nathan McKinnon's your third line center. Congratulations. Uh, that's exactly where it's going to be. So that's the only two storylines you can really talk about the next couple of weeks while we wait for training camp to go on and hope I, and you have to hope that Eichel just comes out and tweets 16,000 more emojis. Just comes out and be like, you know, just starts quote tweeting NBA tweets. Like, I don't want to be here. Just like, go for it. Just go, <laughs> go ham, go crazy. I wanted to just go full toxic at this point. And I know we said, we, we've said this at Buffalo news organizations. I just want it to be over. Let's finish it up. Yes. You know, but, yeah. you know what's going to be, you know, what's going to be really sweet about the Eichel situation though. What's that? We're going to get to the Olympics and the U S is going to lose a close game in the gold medal game to Canada by one goal. And it's going to be because they didn't have North Chelmsford's own Jack Eichel healthy to play in the Olympics. Cause he's still in Buffalo, still not getting surgery, still not skating. So now the Sabres are, Tempting fate to piss off all of America. I think this is our second billboard. Like the first, the first, the first billboard is our trade request is a pain in the neck. The second one is all right. Now you're fucking with America, Buffalo. Let's fucking go here. <laughs> I heard. I think that's the worst part is too. Is Buffalo feels the same way. I, I, I can guarantee you. Like as much Sabres fans think the packages they need to get are like you know the Holy Grail, the Shroud of Turin, like all these things, and plus Lafreniere in the first. And to an extent, they're lying if they tell you they would just rather see this be done and over with. And Kevin Adams can suck my ass from the back because he has officially ruined my summer. I'm declaring it. My summer has been ruined by Kevin Adams. I'm personally victimized by Kevin Adams and you two for ruining my yep. summer because I can't hang up my Rangers gear anymore. Well, here's the thing. I'm not sure it's all Kevin Adams. I think part of it's the Pagoulas who have been like, no way. We're who not are the this. biggest 
frauds in all of sports, bro. And I don't tap myself in the back. You guys know I'm pretty humble and stupid to most part. I don't Same. tap myself on the ass ever. But I am going to slap my ass like a drum because I have been preaching that these fucking idiot Pagulas have been the worst thing to happen. Now, I'm not a Sabres fan, but I get passionate about this because these fucking idiot Sabres fans for so long have skated by thinking that these Pagulas were good for them. And move after move with the Buffalo Sabres has been a failure, a failure, and a failure. But then, you know what they do? Oh, here's our one Buffalo merch. Everybody go buy the one Buffalo stuff because one Buffalo, we're concerned. They don't give a fuck about the Buffalo Sabres. You know why? Because the Buffalo Bills became good all of a sudden. And not to their effect, they had nothing to do with it. They got lucky in hiring Brandon Bean. They got lucky in putting Sean McDermott in place. They put two right people in place who have taken the organization and flipped it on its head. With the Buffalo Sabres, they can't figure out who to put in charge. And guy after guy after guy, they continue to put in this fucking organization, does not know how to run it. And they're just dragging into the ground. But thank God on 716 Day on July 16th, we're selling all those one Buffalo shirts and making that money on merch. Oh, and by the way, we want you to pay for the new fucking Bill Stadium. They're, they're a fucking joke, man. I've been preaching that these assholes from day one are the worst things to happen in the city of Buffalo. And I'm not a Sabres fan, but I still love the city of Buffalo with my heart because I'm a Bills fan. Man, these fucking cocksuckers. <laughs> I, 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 I want them gone. I will no. challenge Jesse Pagula one-on-one in a game of tennis. I if I say, win, Nick. she's got to get out of here. She's got to go. Now, Woj, I know yes. you're off the Twitters, so I'm sure it was just a slip of tongue. But they're actually the Austin Bills now, so you have to call yes. them as such. <laughs> so, you, know what's, you know what's the worst thing? I, I, I have a bone to pick with you, Gregory. Uh-oh. Um I seen the the the, the the uh Josh Allen slander. I think you had a little bit the other day. You sure. know what? Well, no, 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 no. I haven't said any new stuff. I just said no, if yeah. you look hard enough, there's some old stuff. All right, fine. My point being is okay. that I could have dealt with Darnold being good because I think there was a connection there, and I think it made for really fun rivalry. Every fucking Jets fan is lying to themselves if they want Zach Wilson to succeed because if he was any other team's quarterback, Jets fans would kill him mercilessly because Jeez. he looks like every typical i, I don't i don't want to say because i don't want to get canceled but he looks like an asshole and no. i hate his face if you can you imagine if he was the patriots quarterback most hated guy in america now Woj, this is this is the part where i get to tell you and remind you that first of all i am not a new york jets fan yes you I are i don't have you? a football team i am not ryan can vouch for me on this one i am not a jets fan. he is a uh, mostly a 49ers fan mostly but I got news for you, When did that happen? No way. That's always been. Yeah. That's always been. Promise. I, you're, this, you're thinking of Vicksburg Cargliano. My bad. Yeah, and Woj, Woj, I, I, I got even better is. news for you. <laughs> I, I agree with you on Zach Wilson. Okay. I don't think he's going to be very good. Right, I've Gregor, said this from the beginning. We talked about Gregor, Zach Wilson I'm for two weeks in a row. you. If you're a Jets fan, though, I'm talking directly to you as a Bills fan. Just no. no. Greg, I thought there's no way. This is made up. We'll talk about it after. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm willing to explore this right now. I am not. I grew up. My dad's a Cowboy fan. I guess I just, my dad was smart enough to, well, not smart enough. That's not the term to use. But I was just a fan of the teams I've gambled on, even at a young age. But if, if you put a gun to my head, my favorite player was Steve Young. So I was a 49er fan. But I didn't, I, I'm such a big Met fan that I just decided not to give a shit with the NFL. And if, like, the Rangers then became my second team, so Lord knows I wasn't going to have room for a third team on this bandwagon. If the Niners are good, I think it's fun. If the Niners are bad, I don't really care. I gamble on every game every weekend anyway. I Yeah, I am, I've never been a Jet fan. I, I would like for the Jets to be good because I have a lot of Jet fans in my life, and most of them are Met fans, and I feel bad for them. 
But no, I am not a New York Jet fan. I've never been a New York Jet fan. I don't think Zach Wilson's going to be good. I'd rather have Josh Allen right now than Zach Wilson, but I'm still not 100% sold on Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen's like a top five quarterback right now. Whatever whatever the best case scenario is for Josh Allen, if the Bills were ever to trade him somewhere else, I think he'd be out of the league in two years. I think they have somehow figured out that riddle. They're making it work. It's going to be fine for him in Buffalo, but I don't think he ever puts a ring on that finger, baby. I just, well, I don't, I don't believe it. Well, hand up. That's on me. That's probably it. I probably just assume every Rangers Mets Twitter account I follow is also a Jets fan. I would I, say, I would say 97% of them are. Yes, but yeah, I am I'm, part I'm, of that I'm, 3%. I'm, all right, this is, and that was solely, that rant was solely for Fitz, and nobody tell him. That was solely <laughs> directed at Fitz. Fuck Fitz. Just because it's Josh Allen center. I think you're, I don't know, I think you're right. I don't think Josh Allen ever gets a ring either. I'm just being real. No, I, I, love, I love Whatever, Josh, whatever right. his ceiling is, I'm confident that this coaching staff, that front office, will get him to his ceiling. Mm-hmm. I, he has exceeded my expectations because my expectations were that he was going to be Mitch Trubisky, and then he's oh, clearly not right. that. Mitch Trubisky, did you see that game the other day in the MVP? I'm Hell sorry. Yeah, Are we talking preseason football? Do you think I spent part of my – I have important Met games where they need to lose to watch, Roge. I don't have time to watch preseason football. And the Little League World Series is on. I am gambling we're paying the fuck on, out of Michigan our, right now. We're honoring Chris Jury by, by watching and gambling. Oh, true, yeah. Yep. I think, I think man, uh, the, uh, Connecticut has a representative this year. It's good for us. But it's, it's the bad part of Connecticut. It's the – Part of Connecticut that considers themselves New England. <laughs> Fuck that part. Well, anyway, uh, I, I like Josh Allen. I think the only thing that prevents him from getting a ring is Patrick Mahomes, unfortunately. Uh, now, well, he more, more importantly than anything else, six years too many for Barclay Goodrow. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I guess my problem with it is, I mean, if you're going to go after Goodrow like that, why not just go Blake Coleman? You know, like I, there was just so many other options. Like, I don't hate Goodrow the player at all. I hate Goudreau the contract. Uh, I mean, with the way the bottom six is just shaping up, it's so very clear that they have no idea how the Tampa Bay Lightning have won back-to-back Stanley Cups. Like, they, 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 I just don't think they get it. Like, they, they see what the Islanders are doing, and they still don't get it. The Buchnevich trade, the, the Goudreau contracts makes me more angry post Buchnevich trade. Same thing with I don't care about bringing Sammy Bly or however the cell you say his last name. It's, it's Bly, I, I, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Lay lay me. Uh, <laughs> I don't care about Ryan Reeves even. It's just as a whole, as the general concept, the idea of what this team used to be, and, I, and it's nothing new. I mean, look, what, what was the quote? Who Joel Thornton? I mean, Joel Thornton was calling the Rangers soft years ago when Tortorella was the coach too. Like this is nothing. Like that's the Rangers have just always kind of played a different style of game. And yeah, I mean, they've gotten their asses whooped, but you'd be lying to yourself if you didn't say they've been pretty successful over the last decade for the most part. So, I mean, it's, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's impossible to think. I think, uh, who's it? Drew said it best. It's like, I mean, I can criticize every move that they've made this off season, but the first time Goudreau or Reeves or anybody dropped his gloves, I'm just going to be sucked in and it's not going to matter. But yeah, it's six years too many. It's, I mean, it's too much. And I, I just there has to be another move left. But I mean, what do we? We're oh, when this gets posted, whatever. How many no, days? No, this, this gets posted right away. So this one. Yeah. So right. right. Yeah, it's coming right out. So whatever that is. Um, <laughs> yeah, tonight. <laughs> so twenty minutes from now. Long story short, it, it's it there has to be something else. Like this, this cannot be it. It, it, it cannot be the, the 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 group of centers we're going into the season with. This can't be the group of wingers going in. 
the, the amount of faith they're putting into Kako, Lafreniere, Kraftstoff, and all these guys to make that leap is horrifying. And it's exciting. Don't get me wrong. We've been begging for these guys to be able to play for the last couple seasons to give these young guys a chance to play and have a chance to develop in the top six or whatever, whatever opportunities that they might seize. But at the same time, it's horrifying considering, you know, just how bad that can go wrong. And, you know, just another year gone off Panarin and, you know, another year off these ELCs burned and now we're going to, we're paying Fox and all, it's just right. All, all like, these things. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a slippery slope to roll down. To your point, Woj, um, we were fine with wanting guys like Lafreniere and Cockwood to be playing over Colin Blackwell because we <laughs> didn't really have a lot of expectations for the New York Rangers in the first place. Right. Now that we're entering a world where the New York Rangers are going to have not just expectations, but massive expectations, you would hope for a little safety net that in case one of these rookies isn't what we think, well, not rookies, just young players. If they aren't what we think they could be, you need to protect yourself. And the New York Rangers are almost actively choosing not to do that. So even if it's not Eichel, even if it's not Kuznetsov, even if it's not Christian Dvorak, if it's none of those guys, all they're doing is they're deciding we are going to be as good as our children allow us to be. And my point is that answer might not be what you think it is. It could be bad. I hope it isn't. I want these kids to play well. I have a lot of faith that they will play well. The ceilings are so high on them that if they all hit, that is amazing. But to expect all of them to reach their ceiling is just bad organizational planning. That's not like that's that's not how you build good teams. You put fail safes in. You build depth. You do these different things that teams like the Lightning can do. The Lightning. Oh, Anthony Sorelli's playing poorly. We're just going to bump him down to the third line and let Yanni Gord get more run. Like it's the Rangers don't have that. Mm-hmm. They need these players to be good, and if they're not good, shit. Well, we tried. What are you going to do? But they're also, you know, and Vogel from our former athletic uh, for employer. Damn it. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to beat that out, I guess. What is the time? 27-17? Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> uh, it, I, from our former for employee, pretty much had a mailbag today, pretty much saying, I said pretty much like 17 times there, that the Buffalo Sabres are losing suitors it pretty much comes down to pretty to, oh my god why am i saying pretty much so much it comes down to two suitors at this point it's pretty much oh no it's anaheim and new york and that's it that's it yeah. we've been podcasting for like two hours that's what's going on you ever you ever seen a car wreck happen in person yeah where you're not that, involved that in was it? it that was it oh it's hot in here my ac has been off in this case there is Nobody left really for the for the Buffalo Sabres to take advantage of, and all the assets are gone. Greg and I have talked about how the set pieces of Anaheim having the third overall pick, you will not get that again. It has been taken. Everything is off the table in that case, and only a few teams can handle taking the cap space for Jack Eichel. The Rangers are being one of them, and Drury is hoping that they blink first. That's really his bet, and that's what we no, have to stand by for the next couple of weeks. That's pretty much it. You got it. After pretty, yeah. God damn it! God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Woj, is um, is there a move? So embarrassing. I, listen, it, it's so easy to be negative about the Rangers. Is there a move you liked this off season? Um, it, it could even be like a non-move that the Rangers just took themselves out of doing. I mean, I, I, I don't know not much about Nemeth. But I, I feel like that was a, a perfect signing to replace Brendan Smith or whatever is going to happen on the back end of that defense, especially if they're relying on Nils Lundqvist to come in and make the team. Um, so, I mean, I don't hate that. And, again, I don't, I don't even really hate 
Goudreau, I, I really you don't. Just, you I, dislike the years. I just and it's dislike a little richer years. than you would have liked. Yeah, I, I think he I think he is the kind of player that the team has been lacking, but I, I don't hate it. And honestly, like I know I'm probably gonna get shit for this. I really don't hate the Ryan Reese move. I hate the extension. It's just let him play out the year and let's just let's talk about that next year. Let's just, you know, let's just let's just bring him in. We obviously are gonna address the, the elephant in the room with you know Tom Wilson in the first game of the season and a couple games after 16 that. Sixteen fights that but, game. Yeah, oh, it's gonna be awesome TV. It's gonna. It, I, I think I said this, but like, it's going to be the only must-watch regular NHL season game in a long fucking time, probably since Tavares has returned to the island. Like, it really is the only thing I can equate it to because everybody knows the story, everybody knows the backstory. It's on national TV. A brand new sponsor was a TNT, right? It's a brand new contract year for them going into their first NHL game. Like, it is a. It, it's a NHL's wet dream right now. So I don't even hate that, but. Again, it's it's the the total the grand slammy of moves in like the the blender that makes me more upset than each individual move. Because like, to an extent, I, you know, if you break down each individual move, you can justify and you can uh, you know argue against it. But in a blender, all the moves this offseason just haven't been great. And obviously, we won't know until they touch the ice, like you said, about how much the young kids progress and what's going to bring you know come the end of September, whenever the season starts. But I don't know. I, yeah, I, I thought Nemeth is good, and I, I like Goodrow, but as a whole, man, this offseason just been – it's been a head-scratcher, especially, I mean, it just leads you to believe how much, you know, if the, how much of this was actually Drury, you know, how much control did he have over everything, how, many, how, much, how much involved has he been in conversations with, you know, Eichel, and how much budging room has been given? Because I know a lot of it has been, you know, what is Kevin Adams' price? What's the Sabres' price? What's the Kabugula's price? Where don't they want him to go? Where do they want him to go? But – you know, on his end, how much has he been involved? How much has been the dealings? But, um, yeah, I mean, those are, I mean, those are a few of the moves I think, obviously, I think you can justify, but it is what it is. I, I'm sure you saw this where they have the poll for the most hated NHL players. And number one is stupidest Tom, list. Ever, one of the stupidest things I've way. ever seen. Yeah. And it, it just pretty much, oh my God. Oh my God. I'm going to throw up. It is a list of people that get tweeted about the most. That's it. Yeah. It, and because, the fight between Panarin and, or rather, the bashing of Panarin's head onto the ice no, from Tom I, Wilson was so. I don't even. That was, I don't even think Ryan. It, it's not even it NHL related. Russians just tweet bad things about yes. Panarin because he doesn't like Putin. It was. Like, it, well, I don't even think it was the Tom Wilson thing. It was Putin. It was. Yeah, I think Putin. it's completely. I, that list existed before that fight happened too, if I remember correctly. That like the original list came out in the middle of the season around or before or after Panarin disappeared for a couple weeks. It's not because of anything Panarin does on the ice. Like, sure, I'm sure some of it are Islander fans having sour grapes that he didn't sign with the Islanders. I'm sure that has a little part to do with it. It is a thousand percent not being liked in a very populous country. That is really all it is. He does not like Putin. Putin creates robots or just people on the interwebs that tweet bad things about people that don't like Putin. And that's how you get to be talked negatively about, what was it? 47% of the time. I, it, it, I would be surprised if that number went up because of the Tom Wilson situation. I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think it's purely Russia created online robots that tweet bad things about people that have negative opinions about Vladimir Putin. And few people are as famous as Panarin that have as negative opinions about Putin. And that's why he's hated. That has nothing to do with on-ice performance. Zero. Also, also, Jack Eichel not even being on the list, by the way, there's no well, shot. Sabres fans yeah, there, you no can't shot. sit here and tell me the second most hated player in the league isn't Brad Marchand. That yes. guy is not quite as hated as Tom Wilson, but God damn it, it's close. 
it, it, you can't have a list if he's not number two. That list is just here is a Twitter farm saying here are negative words tweeted about this person. They don't care that Panarin plays hockey. They just care that he hates Putin. If Phil Kessel was at six, by the way, also who's hating Phil Kessel? Who hates the, the hot dog king himself? In 2021, uh, Steve, Steve Simmons. He just tweets about him all the time. Is this still a thing? I I just assume so. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you have to in that case. What was we didn't really get to talk to you at all about Lafreniere and the first year. I mean, he was the chosen one. He was the lottery ball himself. What did you take away from watching Lafreniere the first year? I think he's got it, man. I I, I really do. Like, I think if anybody's going to take the next step, I mean, this isn't a hot take. This isn't a spicy take. I mean, he was literally the first overall pick. But there were so many moments in watching him play last year. And this isn't a knock on Kako. This isn't a knock on anybody else. I'm just kind of giving my my differences of watching the two in their first seasons. Uh, Kako, you know, obviously struggled a lot in his first season. And he had slight moments here and there where it's like, oh, that, that that's the guy. That's the guy. And even last year, I thought he played significantly. I mean, just so much better. But even watching Lafreniere's first year last year was you, he had a lot of moments where he's just like, this kid has got it. He's going to figure it out. His personality is electric. It's going to fit in. Well, I think he's going to make up for a lot of the, I would say like some of the locker room stuff they're losing with Buchnevich because it's already how much evident he gets along with guys like Kreider and Zabinijan, you know, just the way he kind of blends and molds that locker room. I just I thought about personality wise, not even on ice play. And I think on ice play, man, he, he he's just, he has, he has it. It's there. There's a reason it was first overall pick. This isn't like a, you know, this isn't groundbreaking news. I, I genuinely think he's going to blow up this year. And I'm not saying, you know, going to, you know, break the score record or anything like that. But I think we're going to see a massive step up from him, depending on you know, where he plays and how Gallant decides to use him. I, I think he's got a chance to explode this year. And I'm really excited. I think of any person to play again this year. I mean, it's easy to say, you know, we just to see if Fox can maintain standards. I'm excited to see if Nils makes the team. And then obviously, I think Keandre Miller is going to be. A, a motherfucker to deal with this off this season. I can't wait to watch him, but I, I just think there's something special about having Lafreniere come back. And I think that half season or whatever, you know, you want to call this, this COVID year in the, in the, the Mickey mouse divisions, I, I think getting that experience in his first year is, is going to be a game changer for him. And now he can kind of just settle in normal season, you know, back to the regular division, just play hockey. And I think he's, I think he's really going to really going to shine. Yeah, I can't, I can't agree with you more in, in that situation. I think they're going to put him on the first line right away. He'll get all the chances he's going to need. The personality thing is not – I don't know if it's talked about enough about how just – Just click right away. Contagious and wonderful yes. he seems. Being away from his entire family after being the number one overall pick, living in a hotel room. You've heard the stories. Uh, when Kako got COVID for like a couple of days there, he like ate two chicken nuggets in a hotel room for two days. <laughs> I don't know how they allowed him to do that, but that's you. there was a lot that came out afterwards. Of like The hockey players were like, we never wanted to do this again. We just lived in hotel rooms. We weren't allowed to socialize unless we were, unless we were um, on the Capitals, and that was really the case. So Lafreniere came into this first year and just totally melded into the squad. Seemed like happy-go-lucky and hardworking the entire time, and if he's going to continue that personality that just seems infectious, the smile, the joy, and clearly the love of the game – it's going to really take over. And the talent is there. We know it's there. What do you score? Like 270,000 points in two years and in, in, in juniors. So, uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like this. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm still sweating about, well, first of all, my AC's off. Um, but 
I'm still sweating about the pretty much thing from earlier. I'm sitting here kicking myself, verbaling in my head. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually putting needles into my uh, Ranger Voodoo doll over and over again as we sit here, very psychotically. Uh, in that case, yeah, I still agree that uh, Lafreniere will be a, an absolute monster, and I think I think he will get a lot of first time playing, uh, playing time. Gregory, your thoughts? Um, yes, good. I agree. That's good. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't. As Woj said at the beginning, it, it it's not hot, it's not spicy. I, I think he's perfectly fine. It was yeah. a year unlike any other where Lafreniere wasn't able to properly train for the season leading up because everything was shut down. And then it's a truncated training camp where you're not even playing any preseason games. So Lafreniere's literal first time playing any game of consequence with the New York Rangers is opening night against, by the way, a very talented and incredibly impossible team to play against in the New York Islanders. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think everything last season has to be taken with a grain of salt. And I say that when things are bad, I also say that when things are good, which yeah. is again, why I wish the New York Rangers would have done a little bit, well, not even a little bit, a lot of bit more. Bit more yeah. Yeah. It, it, because if you're going to, I keep, I hate going back to Buchnevich all the time, but if you're going to take Buchnevich away and just hope that your young players are going to get better and fill that hole. I think that's a perfectly fine plan to have if you don't plan on being a playoff team. But I think the New York Rangers aren't just planning on being a New York a playoff team. They expect to be. Mm-hmm. And if you expect to be, I just think you have to do more. Why? What, they can prove me wrong. I'm happy if they do. Trust me, it's it's better content if the New York Rangers make the playoffs. It means we're doing more shows. It means things are going well. And it, it, as fun as it is to do things when things are doom and gloom, I got the New York Mets for that. I don't need both. I don't need two teams to make me utterly miserable and just <laughs> terrible to be around. I have one team that does that. And luckily that one team does it seven months out of the year. It's great. I love it. I hate myself. I want to die, but it's fine. It's wonderful. <laughs> I'm having a good time. Everything's great. I don't know what you guys are talking about. How did we get here? Final topic. I, I, okay, go on. Sorry. No, I was going to say, the last thing I was say about Lafreniere is I think the thing that makes it the easiest for me to end up swallowing was that even if he would have had, you know, a better, you know, point production season than he was, there was never, I think a lot of people were like, oh, he didn't win the Calder. Like, you know, it's obviously a huge point. There was nothing he could have done last year to take the Calder from Kaprasov. So it didn't matter to me. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to watch this guy play hockey because this freak, the sicko in Minnesota has got a point per game in his rookie year. So it doesn't matter. I'm just going to watch my guys play hockey. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, whatever. Not, He's still sick. Not, like. not just that. I, he clearly just got better as the season went along. Yes. And I, and he, he, yes. It's 100%. one thing if he if he came out gangbusters and then cooled off, I think that would be more concerning. It's the fact that Lafreniere, it took him, what, 13 games to score? And then it just – he looked like he belonged by the end of the season. And I think, to me, that's more important than how he looked immediately out of the gates because, again – the world's weirdest offseason, no yeah. preseason games, no training camp, nothing. So he he kept – I, I think this is one of those instances where it's actually better if a player sees the same teams over and over again because while he gets to make adjustments to those teams that theoretically could make him a better player against those opponents, the opponents get to see Lafreniere as well, and they get to correct mistakes on a nightly basis if they can. And Lafreniere, again, just kept getting better and better and better and kept getting more responsibility. That, to me, is more uplifting than however many points he ended up with, who won the Calder, any of that. The fact that he was better than at the end of the season than when the season began, that, to me, means so much more than just about and, anything else. And I have a picture of him housing his first goal against the Sabres on my wall, like framed. So I really enjoy looking at that every morning. Side note, unrelated, 
I, I, I have, I don't know if I even told you guys or I talked to you guys about it, but just a little tidbit that I thought was awesome is when this, when everything reopened, you know, when New York started to let, when they started to let, you know, fans trickle into the games, I went to the Rangers Sabres game. That was the first game that they let fans in and unknowingly ended up seeing Krastoff's debut because that was the game he ended up making his debut at. And just unknowingly, I was at the game with like, no joke, probably 27 other people. And it was one of the most surreal haunting experiences I've ever had because I sat in a, a bleacher section just covered in those cardboard cutouts. And then there was like us right in the middle oh, of God. it and not another person for like two sections over. There was actually had to have been less than like 300 people in that whole state arena. And it was it just, it was surreal quiet. Like it was unbelievable, Dude. but it ended up being crass off debut. So it was kind of weird, but I, uh, I, I had the pleasure of driving all the way to New York from Philadelphia where I live uh, and going to see the Rangers like first game they had back or one of the first games they had people back. And it was the game they lost four, nothing to the Islanders. I never <laughs> want to be in MSG again where there's like, I don't know, 200, 300, 400 people in there. It was creepy, yep. odd. There was no, like, I, and I know the Islanders beat the living hell out of the Rangers. There was, uh, it was, it, 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 it still kind of gives me like weird chills in a bad way uh, when I think about it. But yeah, I'll, I'll text you the picture too so you guys, I can just show you. But yeah, go ahead, Sarah. Sick. Uh, last topic, and then we'll, we'll get the hell out of here. And thanks for the time, Woj. Uh, anything you Always. want to say about Henrik Lundqvist? He's attractive. He's sexy. He's hot. He can come <sighs> over whenever. It, it's it is like for me. It's it's it, it was it was we already left. It really was. It's, I mean, it was inevitable. We all knew it, right? It yeah. was. How are they going to do it? How are they going to move on? And I still don't have a problem with how it went down. I have a problem with how his last game went down, being like I think it was a matinee game or whatever it was. Um, that it was kind of it didn't feel like it was you know he got the proper send off. But I mean, there's always going to be a little part of me that's going to be selfish about him never getting to play in Washington, and I'm happy about it. Um, I mean, I obviously I wanted him to be healthy, be okay, but there was a part of me that always was kind of rooting for him just to end up retiring, just so that I never had him see it put another jersey on. Um, but I mean, well, I mean, there's, I mean, there's, I'm not going to sit here and do like this whole soliloquy on Longquist, but I, I, I tweeted about the other day. It's like my first season rooting for the Rangers was the same season he started his rookie year. So for 15, whatever, how many years it was, which is a huge chunk of my life. When you like, you, it doesn't seem like it when you think about it, but from the ages of like 14, 15 to, you know, 28, 29, or whatever I am now, when he got bought out and, you know, is now retiring. That was the, the only goaltender I knew. Like that was the guy. He was the franchise for so long. And it, it never felt real to me that he was actually, you know, moving on because it was just like, it, I, there was times, especially later in his career, it was like, I mean, Greg can probably equate to this if not, but like, it, it was similar to how I got feelings of watching, you know, when, when it was Harvey day, when it was like, Oh my God, Matt Harvey's pitching. It's Harvey day. It's dark, you know, dark night. Day. You, just, you get that tingle in your balls. It's like something special happens. Same thing with DeGrom this year. It's like at the beginning of the year, it's like, Oh, it's DeGrom day. Shut everything down. We're watching it with Lundquist. It was so weird because it was, you know, 82 times a season, and sometimes multiple nights a week, we're like, I have this feeling in my balls or, you know, <laughs> that like something special could happen because that's just the kind of player and the goalie he was. And we, we got to witness that for almost 14, 15 fucking years. And it's just so it's crazy to think about. I know, like, I mean, they just don't make players and loyalty and, you know, things like Lundqvist anymore. But it, it's it's just weird that he's gone. You know, I, I love Igor. I'm happy. You know, he's here and he signed. I think that was perfect. I think I talk about moves I like this offseason. I mean, there you go. I, I mean, the only thing I wonder would have cost the ad an extra year or two, but I'm not going to complain about it. But yeah, it's just, he played such a pivotal part of my life and it sounds corny and cheesy, but he, I mean, he really did. It was, that's a huge, that's pretty much an adult, you know, my whole, you know, adult, you know, 
from going to high school to college to, you know, moving to Disney and every part of it was like, all right, 82 times a year, I get to watch this guy, you know, either suit up or be on the bench looking handsome as shit. And now, now that's, it's officially gone. Um, I'm, I'm happy that the organization is just not waiting it. They're just kicking in the nuts and they're just retiring the jersey this season. I think that's probably the best move of the offseason, if we're being honest, just the fact that they nipped it in the butt and said, no chance it's happening this year. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm going to try my absolute damnedest and shit to get to that game. I, I don't know how it's going to happen with, you know, getting married and, you know, owning a house and building Congrats, a fence this year. It's right. like, thanks. I might have sex finally. On the fence. Um, that was it. Uh, oh, yeah. No, no, that's all I was talking about. <laughs> <on> the fence. <laughs> finally, finally got in the backyard. Um, but, yeah, man, it's – it's. I mean, I'm not going to say anything that no Rangers fan has spelled or thunk before. But, yeah, I just want to share. It's like, I mean – I'm going to miss the guy. I hope, you know, I think he's going to forever have a job with the organization. If he wants one, it just depends on what he wants to do. I don't, I don't know what his next steps are, but I hope he stays involved with hockey and, you know, whether he eventually takes over with Ben Waller and starts working with him as goalie coach or whatever he wants to do. I think, you know, I think he's got his foot in the door and, you know, I think he's going to be just fine, but I'm very much looking forward to watching that. It's going to be an emotional night and I think it's going to be pretty exciting. So. Well, well, to, to go to your point, part of the reason of what made, you know, Prime Harvey and DeGrom so special is you go into every game thinking my team should win tonight. Yeah. And when it's a starting pitcher, it, it's fleeting because they, whether they're the best pitcher in the baseball, in the world or the worst pitcher on the staff, they're still only pitching in 20% of their team's game that year. Whereas with Henrik Lundqvist, you were guaranteed 70, 70, 75 times a season feeling like, if everybody else does their part, my team is winning tonight because I have Henrik Lundqvist. Yep. And you're not beating Henrik Lundqvist. That, to me, is what really made Henrik so special is because I can't remember – if Henrik was starting, I never went into a game thinking, I don't think we could win. Yes. There was always a baseline understanding of, well, Henrik's going to do his part, so all I really need is for two goals, and I think <laughs> we're going to win tonight. And I, I to me, that – that is the sign of utter brilliance. I really, I, I, I can't remember the, the only time in my life I ever felt like the New York Rangers never had a chance was um, that playoff series against the Penguins, Penguins. when yeah. they kept, yeah. they oh, kept yeah, scandal that. at the deadline. Yeah. And I, I, but I didn't go into that series like the Rangers didn't have a chance. I went into that series thinking not even Henrik Lundqvist could save the New York Rangers <laughs> right now. And I, to me, that's just that's a level of greatness that I would be incredibly surprised yes. to see on one of my favorite teams ever again. It's just, I, it, it, it's something that's indescribable. I, I'm, and for me, like last thing I'll say about it is like, I'm, I'm just so grateful that I finally had the chance to see him live two years ago. Cause every time, I mean, I, I don't have the numbers, but I've seen them play, you know, the Rangers play the Sabres a lot here. I had never seen Lundquist play. I tell you, I've seen Mackenzie Skapsky play twice. Shoutouts, baby. Not, back to back. Yes. And I had not seen Henrik Lundqvist play. I had seen, you know, I'd seen Varane. I'd seen Talbot. I'd seen Ranta. I'd seen almost every backup goalie you can think of from the modern day. But I'd never saw Lundqvist. And I finally came to the Garden. That was my first game at the Garden. It was against the Sabres. And then Lundqvist put on a Lundqvist-like performance. The Sabres, the Rangers were dog shit. They got two goals. They shut it down. I think I think it was 2-1. I think that they ended up just barely scraping the game up and then 3-1. But it was a, a classic Lundqvist performance. And I'm forever grateful that I never got to see him play in Buffalo. And that was my first time that I got to see a classic just Henrik Lundqvist game. It's like Greg said, it's like it, it, even, even when they weren't doing the right things, you're like, well, fuck, this guy still hasn't got a chance while he's in the net. 
And if they are doing the right things, game's over. You might as well, you know, just send the other team home because they're shutting the shit down. They're taking the two points. They're moving to the next one. It, it, first, it's just so, – go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, first ever Ranger game I ever went to. My dad wasn't a hockey fan. My sister had just – oldest sister had just graduated college, was living back at home. It was probably 2005, 2006. I don't know exactly. But it was like a Wednesday night. It was before I had a driver's license. I know that. And she was like – she asked my parents if she could take me to a hockey game. And her reasoning – Flat out, I remember it vividly to this day is, I don't know, the Rangers goalie's kind of hot. I'd like to go see him play. <laughs> and I just said, sure, fine, whatever. And we show up, and she's like, yeah, it's this guy, Henrik Lundqvist. He's fucking sexy. And I was like, dope. Uh, I guess, David Wright, it's not working out with you two. I was really rooting for you. I'm just here for the ride because you paid for the tickets. And the, it was it was Rangers Sabres at MSG, and Henrik, Henrik Lundqvist was in goal. And the only reason I was at that game is because my sister, who was six years older than me, thought Henrik Lundqvist was hot as shit. She was and right. Said, she still is. That was very <laughs> right. Yeah. She didn't even know about the size of his penis at that point. Yeah. She thought he looked good. It's a right. Exquisite taste in men. That's it. Well, which I can't thank you. you know, her first, her on, first love was Robin Ventura. That was the first, the first time I ever heard a girl like the guy in my life. I was like four. And my sister's like, I fucking love Robin Ventura. And I was like, what word was that? The first one you said? Woj, I love you, buddy. I'm happy to talk yeah. to you. Happy to. I'm pretty much ha- very grateful that you came back on. And it's uh, been too long, man. I missed you guys. I did. I really did. I didn't miss Twitter too much. But I think the thing that's been nice is like the old Twitter account was like a, a wildfire. Like it was just out of control. There was I had so many people. Like I, I didn't like people commenting. I you know I took I took I took things to heart. I know I shouldn't, but I wear shit on my sleeve, so I took a lot of things to heart. This time around, it definitely feels like a controlled burn. Where like the people who have wanted to follow me. You know, probably follow me on the own account, but I don't have that like you know that widespread paranoia that every time I tweet something out, it's gonna go you know catch fire and I'm gonna have to deal with a hundred and shitty assholes in my you know in my comments. Yeah, I definitely would hate to do that. <laughs> yeah, you you're you're a madman at it. I love you for it. So now Thank I you. just like watching it from afar. Um, but yeah, no, it's nice to be back. I don't know how long I'll be back on Twitter, but I'll still I'll stick around with you guys. You were you were my inspiration uh, I, for a long time. To be honest with you, when I would you would use to tweet, I'd be like, that's the guy I want to be. That's, that's, what, that's what I would say. Like, he's the best. He's the best. Look at us now. He's the best. Uh, who'd have, he's the best Twitter who'd have thought? I want to be like who'd him. Who would have thought? So there we are. Look at us. Look at us. It's still still friends to this day. Look at that. That's it. I'm friends with all the Ranger blogs, except like none of them. And, uh, but I do, like Joe, <laughs> I do like Joe Fortunato, so there you go. Uh, fun times. Well, you love you, buddy. Um, thanks for everyone for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at O-R-I-Mead. You can follow Greg at Blue Shirts Break. We have another episode coming out next week. We already recorded with Emma uh, Biglin. I talk about a ton of stuff uh, there, including a lot of shitting in tubs. <laughs> a lot weird. of poops in tubs. Whoa, your thoughts on pooping in tubs? It's mostly a toilet. Um, yeah. I, oh, I, can I tell you guys really yeah, quick? Please. Side note. Uh, I, 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 got a, I got a bidet. Yes. Oh. Yes. Dude, I'm talking game changing. Wash I, it out. I will purposely, I'm lactose out. I'll purposely just eat cheese all day because I know I get to clean my ass with the water. <laughs> Purposely, I will give myself diarrhea so that I can spray it down. And it's the cold water one, so in the summer, straight in my poo hole. This is the number one. My ass is clean. Rangers podcast, baby. We're back. (laughs) I can't wait. All right. Uh, That's that's the shit right there, man. Everyone enjoy. That's pretty much the best. Uh, Everyone enjoy that visual. We'll be back next week. We love you guys. (laughs) Bye. And this episode, as always, is brought to you by our Patreon Insiders Club. 
or NHL Insiders chat where we talk about all the neatest and funnest latest news, like absolutely nothing, which has happened the past two weeks. But I swear when things are hot, we're clicking. But I digress. I want to thank Adam Cohen. Adam Clit Kitch? Kitch is how you say your last name, Adam? It's with an E, Adam? Jesus. Oh, message me. I'll figure it out. Alex Gardner, Amber Cohenberger, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Biggie Malone, Brian Doyle, Broadway Boucher Breeder, Chris Finelli, CJ Stellwagon, Dennis. Oh, Dan uh, Daniel. I'm sorry, Daniel. Daniel DeZenis. De De I messed it up. I read it perfectly last week. I'll get it this week. I promise. David Naren and next week. David Naren and David Siegel, Dennis, De Dennis Dykes, Eric Stagg, Georgia Ritzky, Give Gardner a cup, Jake Berkowitz, Jerry Marquez, Jay Citroen 40, JD, Jimmy Mack, Chris from Florida, my dear friend, Christoph Berg, Kyle Franklin, Lazek Krakowski, Lucas K, and Ma Mark Popkick, Matthew Kind, Patrick Kovarev, Stephen Lomayer, Stig Bull, Sw Swingart, The Drop PK, Tim Sinclair, Tommy O'Neill, The Legendary Toy from Manhattan, Vinny Bracco, Vinny Hay, and Will Spector. A lot of insiders. Cannot thank you enough. Cannot do this show without you. I love you all. Goodbye. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.